You know, we've been announcing over the last couple of weeks that we have a guest speaker who will be sharing God's word here yep. today. Well, that guest speaker is very near and dear to our heart. Amen. We're incredibly proud of this person because the person who's going to be delivering the word today is actually our next generation's director, Brittany Fink. Come Brittany on. Fink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Brittany, we want to welcome you Come up. On, I got to tell you. Yes. I got to tell you, friends, I've gotten a, a sneak preview to this message. And this is a woman who loves her word, who loves the Lord. Your children are in incredibly good hands, hands that love them, that want to see them become everything that God has for them. And so, Brittany, we're just so, just proud of you and extremely excited this morning. Come on to learn from you. So will you give it up for her one more time? Good morning, Avenue Church, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for spending the first day of 2023 with us this morning. If your New Year's resolution was to start coming to church more consistently, you are starting out strong today. You're starting out strong. Like Pastor Lindsay and Pastor Jeremy said, I am the next generation director here at Avenue Church. And can I just say, I love your kids from Avenue Youth all the way down to the nursery. I get the special honor and privilege of getting to see your guys' kids experience Jesus every single Sunday. And let me tell you guys, we have some life changers inside of this church. I'm so excited for those who are coming up after us. So that's super exciting. So let's go ahead and get into, today, into today's message, shall we? The title of my message today is, I am not feeling it. Can you guys say, not feeling it? Thank you. I like that. Go ahead and talk back to me. It makes me more energized. All right. So not feeling it. Are you guys a little confused? You know, were you expecting new year, new me, right? Like that's a, that's a new year, better me. I bet you came to church this morning, January 1st, 2023, expecting to hear a message about new starts and new beginnings and how 2022 may have been a dumpster fire, but 2023 is going to be a lot better, right? I even wrestled, you know, like new year, better me, because... Here's the thing, all of those things are good. Yes, when you give your life to Jesus, you get a brand new start. And yes, sometimes it's good to get new and fresh perspective inside of your life. Yes, it is good to make goals. In fact, the Bible says that people perish where there is no vision. I am not telling you not to do those things. What I'm trying to tell you guys all today is that even with goals and vision and inspiration and guidance and new beginnings, there comes a point in that timeline where you get to the point where you just are not feeling it. You're not feeling it. Has anyone in this room ever been hiking before? Have you ever been hiking? I love hiking. I grew up in South Dakota, the better Dakota. <clears throat> Pastor Jeremy, we love South Dakota. It's awesome. And one way that my mom's sister and I bonded was by hiking. And so now to this day, it is still something I very much enjoy. And sometimes I even go by myself, which freaks my roommate, Abby. She's up here out. It would freak her out because she thought I was going to get killed. But I was fine. In fact, the first time meeting my now fiance, the very first time we ever meet was going hiking. And everyone is like, you need to change that date. Like, what if it goes bad? They made me all share my location with them. But you know, I'd say it turned out pretty well, okay? I'd say it turned out pretty well. Yes, thank you, thank you. 
Anyways, my favorite hike to do is the Lone Mountain hike, okay? It's right off the 215 and Lone Mountain. It's where I live. It's not too hard. It has houses around it, so it's more safe, okay? I promise I'm being safe. But the first time I did it, however, it was not what I expected. You see, I hardly ever drink water. So that's kind of like my first downfall in all of this because I was a little dehydrated. Um, But I started going up the incline, right? I was a little out of the breath. I got to the top, but I'm like, okay, I must be in better shape than I thought I was because that was, that was pretty easy. But then I looked to the right and there was a whole nother incline and I was like, okay, well, mama didn't raise no quitter. So we're going to go ahead and get up. And I was like, okay, that's it. After this, I'm going to be at the top. I got to the top and then I realized that there was another incline. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I've made it this far. Let's just go up one more. So this time, you know, I had to take a few more breaks. I wasn't as well as I thought thought I would be. So I get up to the top of this and the view is great, right? It was beautiful, but I looked up and there was another incline up there. And I was like, okay, if I stop here and I take my Instagram picture, nobody will know I did not make it to the top. Okay. They will have no idea. It's a good enough view, but here's the thing. I knew that I was not at the top. Okay, today in the room, you guys may feel like this today. There's a situation happening in your life right now that whenever you think that you're way at the top, you get right back, you you get knocked right back down into the valley. You're looking at 2023 for a new start. You are, for my single people, you're looking at 2023 like this is the year that I find my person. Okay, that was me in 2022, now I'm back in 2023, okay? For my married people, you're hoping that in 2023, your relationship gets healed. For my hurting person, you look at 2023 like this is the year where you will finally get relief, right? Because in all those years before, whenever you were at the top, you got knocked right back down. And you got to a point where you just don't feel like it anymore. If you stopped right now, you would still have your dignity. If you stopped right now, you could put your energy into something else and no one know. If you stopped right now, no one would know, but you would know. And even more than that, God would know. I knew that my Instagram followers wouldn't be able to tell whether I was in the middle or I was at the top, but I would. So I begrudgingly climbed the last part. I was all very out of breath at this point. That whole water thing did not work out for me. And then I spent a few moments with Jesus. And I hit this realization in our lives that we settle in our lives and relationship with God. We choose good enough over glorious freedom. We choose almost drowning over swimming. We choose I don't feel like it over what is my next move. Because here's the thing, in 2023, it may get hard. What is new is now old. What is shiny is now dull. What you thought was the top of the mountain is actually just a small hill. And instead of standing up here this morning telling you that only great things are going to happen in 2023, I'm telling you that it may get hard and you may feel weak. But here is the promise. We do not have a God that only loves us when we are strong. We do not have a God who only loves us when we are strong. We do not only have a God that loves us when we have something to offer. 
We do not only have a God that loves us when we are doing good, when everything is going well in our lives. We have a God that loves us through the good, the bad, and every single moment in between. 2023 doesn't have to be a good enough year. It doesn't have to be at least I didn't drown this year. This morning, I'm going to go into three different areas when you just aren't feeling it. And the first one that I have for you this morning is endurance. Endurance. Do we have any runners in the house this morning? Any runners? Good for you guys. Wow. Do you guys want a gold star? Because I hate running. I cannot stand it. Okay, my mom right here, she, they, my parents came to see me this morning all the way from Arizona. Shout out to them. So my mom is a runner. In fact, both of my parents are the kind of parents that on Thanksgiving, they want to do a turkey trot. Like, I don't understand it. They want to do, they want to do that 5K. And last year, I agreed to do this 5K, and we were running. And my mom accidentally went down the wrong road and made it a lot longer. I was not happy with her because I already didn't want to do it to begin with. You see, me on the other hand, like I said, I loathe running. I think that there is nothing worse that you can put your body through than going for a multiple mile run. Like, just not for me. But here's the thing. I'm in the Army Reserves. If you guys didn't know that, I'm in the Army Reserves. And every single, thank you. Every single year, we have to take a physical fitness test at least once a year. And within this event, within this test, there are six different events. Some of them are kind of hard, but the worst one is the two-mile run. Like all deadlift, nothing. Two-mile run, the worst event. And it just happens to be the very last event of the test. So I spent the whole entire time just dreading this two-mile run. Now, I make it my goal to at least keep my feet moving, right? I got to keep my feet moving because if I stop, then I won't want to start get going again. Okay, if I start walking, I know how hard it will be to start running again. However, this last test, because as I said before, I don't drink water and I only work out when I do this physical fitness test. So I just was not in good shape already. My body hurt and I came to a point where I just was not feeling it anymore. And I did not care if I passed with a finishing, with a good time or not. But every single time I was about to stop, I realized that I would lose all of my momentum and I would not cross the finish line. I would, it would take me much longer to cross that finish line than if I just kept running, right? I had to build my endurance. So many people hit a point in their lives when things get hard and they just quit. They want nothing to do with it anymore. They lose their momentum and trying to start back up again feels impossible. You quit a goal, you quit a friendship, you quit a job, you quit trying to stop your addiction, or maybe you even quit your relationship with God. And the only way to not quit is to build more endurance. And the only way to build endurance is to have more faith. Faith endurance is not just living between Sunday to Sunday. Our faith shouldn't be in Saturday to Sunday spurts where we're just getting our faith from whatever message is preached on a Sunday morning. It shouldn't be based whether or not the message even applies to you or not. It shouldn't be based on the person sitting next to you anymore. Don't get me wrong. Go to church. Bring your kids to church. Bring your families to church. Bring your friends to church. It grows you. It supports you. You need the community within these walls. We have amazing people here at Avenue church, but you are in charge of your faith. 
and whether or not it endures when you just don't feel like it anymore. You see, there's someone in the Bible who had endurance despite his circumstances, whose faith in God was stronger than the chains that he found himself in here on earth. And I think a lot of times we make assumptions about people in the Bible thinking that they had it easier to be a Christian because of their close proximity to Jesus, because they lived before Jesus and they lived so close after Jesus, so they may have had an easier time. But here's the thing about the believers in the New Testament. They face persecution that we never even have to dream about here today, right? And they still chose Jesus, just like they still chose to forsake the world and choose Jesus just like we have to today. And this man that I'm talking about, his name was Saul, but now his name is Paul. And you see, here's the funny thing about Saul. Saul used to be a Christian killer. Like, that's what he did. He went out and he killed Christians. In fact, the first that we ever hear about Saul is in Acts 9-1. And it says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Right, okay, that's a little weird. Why are you using this one? Because later in, in verse 20, it says, at once he, being Saul, began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. That Jesus is the son. After this, Saul becomes Paul. And here is the Hebrew meaning. So the Hebrew meaning of Saul is asked for slash prayed for. And the Hebrew meaning of Paul is a small whisper that turns into a roaring multitude. So when I looked these up, I had a revelation that Saul was asked for and prayed for by God to become Paul, who would be the person to write a majority of the New Testament and someone that we learn for. He becomes a small whisper that turns into a roaring multitude. His Singular voice is the voice that thousands of people in so many nations across the world for across the world learn from still today. You see, the Life Application Study Bible says no person apart from Jesus Himself shaped the history of Christianity as much as the Apostle Paul. How amazing! Apart from Jesus Himself. Talk about a life transformation. And for anyone in this room thinking that they are way too far gone for Jesus to love them, take a look at Paul because your transformation with Jesus can be just as quick as his was, but you have to submit your life before God. Yet this does not mean that Paul's journey was easy. I think a lot of times when we become Christians, we want our lives to become easy. Paul's journey was not easy. It didn't mean that obstacles did not come up against him and that they were automatically eliminated. It didn't mean that he got everything that he wanted. Paul had to endure. You see, Paul went on three different missionary journeys throughout the Roman Empire. And like I said before, the Roman Empire was against Paul and everything that he believed him. But that didn't stop his teachings to the point of him ending up in jail, to the point of him ending up in prison. He was hated, misunderstood, and treated like the enemy. Paul had death threats. People plotted to kill him, but he remained faithful to his call. Paul finds himself in the middle of the ocean, close to shipwrecked, and instead of being fearful, he was the calm in the storm. Paul started up multiple different churches across the Roman Empire. He was the first church planter. We know a little bit about that here at Avenue Church. Many of 
at which point they failed to uphold the standards of Christian living. And instead of taking that personal and instead of letting them keep doing what they were doing, he wrote letters to them. Those letters are what we find in the, in the Bible, Ephesians, Colossians. Those letters are from Paul to be better. Paul had the endurance even when he didn't feel like it. Second Corinthians says, therefore, to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me, but he said, this part's good, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Someone say endurance. Paul boasted in his weakness because he knew it meant that God was at work in his life. Because here is the thing. God's power is made perfect in weakness. And here's the other thing. If we are perfect, then we can't be made perfect. Let me say that again. If we are perfect, we can't be made perfect. If we always feel like we are on the top of the world, we will never need God. If we feel that we have all the answers, then we don't need faith. If our life is always good, then why would God have sent his son Jesus to die for our sins and be risen again? We need endurance and we need God. When you aren't feeling like it this year, choose endurance. Your circumstances may be chains, but your hope is freedom. It won't always be like this. Paul didn't stay a Christian killer. Paul didn't stay that person. Paul didn't stay in prison. Paul didn't stay shipwrecked. He endured so that God could be glorified. You see, my challenge for you when it is hard to endure is to remember this verse. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be removed. You do not have to endure alone. This is not a lonely thing that you do. But in order to not endure alone, you have to cast your burden on to the Lord. You must invite him in. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way in. People will force your way into their lives. But God is waiting for you to invite him. You see, the second area you can focus on when you just aren't feeling it is your mindset. Who in here has ever been told that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning? You woke up on the wrong, who, who in here was told that this morning? Anyone this morning? You woke up on, I get it, right? It's, it's a new year, you stayed up till midnight, you're tired, but you made it to church this morning. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Growing up, I didn't even understand the concept of New Year's because my mom put us to bed at like 8 p.m. So it wasn't until I was like an adult and I was like, oh, that's what New Year's means. I had no idea. Anyways, I honestly hate the term waking up on the wrong side of the bed because it gives that person permission to be a terrible person for the rest of the day, okay? Yelled at your kids, sorry, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Cut someone off on the I-15, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Snapped at someone on work, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. What can I say? Here's the thing, wrong side of the bed or not, every day we have the choice to determine how our day will go. Whether we're gonna be wrapped up in negativity or we're gonna choose positivity, right? 
whether we choose to act like Jesus or we're an undercover Christian that only comes out when we feel like it. And it all comes down to our mindset. Oftentimes, we let people and circumstances determine our mindset. We let the people around us determine our mindset, but we have the choice to make it ours. We, we often come into this, if blank is true, then our life is blank. If blank is true, then our life is blank. If our circumstances right now are bad, then our whole entire life is bad. You see, the issue with this mindset is that we start giving ourselves permission to give up. We give ourselves that permission. We think that we have a right because we tried and it did not work out. We tried, we, tried, we failed, we give up. Our mindset is failing us. But just like we learned in endurance, we don't have to endure alone. And in the same token, we don't have to think alone. We can turn our personal mindset into a heavenly mindset. You see, Elijah was a man in the Old Testament that, who fell into a negative mindset that almost took him out of the game. You see, we read about a powerful story in 1 Kings 18 of Elijah in which Elijah finds himself surrounded by prophets of Baal. And Elijah wanted to prove to the children of Israel that God was the one true God, not Baal. He challenges them to a test in which they would both build an altar and whichever God sent down fire from heaven was the one true God. You see the prophets of Baal, they prepare their altar, they get the bull, they start singing, they start dancing around the altar, they start crying out to Baal and nothing happened. And after their failed attempt, Elijah built his altar. But to further prove his point, he doused it with water to fully show who God would be. He asked God to come down from heaven and fire came down from heaven. It says in 1 Kings 18.38, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up all the water in the trench. Come on, our God is good. He is good. After this, the prophets of Baal declared that God was the one true God, but due to their unfaithfulness in the beginning, they were killed. You see, this was a huge victory for Elijah, and Elijah should have been on the top of the world. He was just used as a vessel by God to do something so amazing, to do a miracle. And we don't find him in excitement. We find him in fear. We find him in fear. You see, Jezebel, the wife of the king, threatened to end Elijah's life because of what he did. And instead of believing that God could do a miracle like the one that he had just saw and been witnessed and been a part of, we find him in 1 Kings 19. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left a servant there while he himself went a day's journey onto the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and went to sleep. You see, Elijah came from an amazing victory to a deep fear. And I'm sure some of you have felt this way. You're at the top 
of the mountain and before you know it, you're right back down to the valley and you say you are no better than anyone else because you weren't able to accomplish it, right? Your victory is never good enough. Instead of focusing on all the good you accomplished, all you can see is the bad that you are now currently inside in the middle of. Yet here is the thing, what you put your focus on is what you will find. What you put your focus on, if you put your focus on bad things, that's what you're gonna find. If you put your focus on good things, that is what you're gonna find. We cannot clog our mindset. We cannot focus on the lies or the could-bes or the maybes because when you're at the valley, you cannot only focus on the valley. You have to focus on the climb out of the valley. You have to focus about the facts of God, not the threats of the enemy. Psalms 9.9 says, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know you put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. To change your mindset, you must seek God. Because when you seek him, he will find you. God did not leave Elijah alone in his thoughts. He didn't leave him sitting there underneath a broom tree all alone. He gave him food. He encouraged him. And then he gave him his next steps to where he was supposed to go on how to climb out of that valley. In 2023, when you find yourselves in an unhealthy mindset, don't choose to make that mindset a lifestyle. Seek God and allow him to take you from I'm not feeling it to I got this. I got this. My final area to focus on when you just aren't feeling it is your heart. Right? Now, I'm not talking about the, you know, cliche, follow your heart, right? Because I can name multiple times where people say they're following their heart and it's not ending up well. I mean, I work with teenagers. I know this, okay, okay? Disney princesses follow their heart. What I'm talking about is having the heart and the character that even if you aren't feeling it and even when life is hard and even when nothing is going your way, you know that life isn't always going to be like this forever. You know that God has your desires in his mind and instead of falling off your path, you persevere. No one does this quite as well as Joseph. Now, I love the story of Joseph. I preach about him all the time. Back in 2019, when I was up here doing my five and five, my whole message was about him. I love him. I admire him. I think his story is phenomenal, and I think we can learn from him. Was he perfect? Did he make no mistakes? No, but none of us do that. But he had character. Let's take a look at his timeline real quick, okay? He is favored by his father and gets a coat of many colors. Super duper good, right? His brothers are jealous of him and sell him into slavery. Not so good. He finds favor with Potiphar and is put in charge of his house. Great. He rejects Potiphar's wife's sexual advances and then automatically she accuses him of raping her and he goes to prison. Bad. Bad. Very bad. As an innocent man, he did not do that. He finds favor with the prison guards and is put in charge over the prison. Good. He's able to interpret dreams while he's there. Good. He becomes forgotten by his peers and is left in prison for longer than he should have been. Bad. 
He interprets the dreams of Pharaoh and get put over charge and gets and helps a famine not come, helps people get destroyed, but not get destroyed by a famine. Great, good, amazing. He saves the entire nation of Egypt. Good. He is reunited with his brothers and father and forgiveness and healing comes. Good. And here's the thing, I just summarized about 10 chapters of scripture. But the point that I'm trying to make is, Joseph had some very high highs and some very low lows, but he stayed the same person all the way through. He was doing all the right things, but still ended up in the wrong places. Hated by his brothers, a slave to a master, a prisoner in a cell, forgotten by his peers. Yet his heart and his character stayed true because he knew that God had a bigger plan for him. Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Here's the thing, we have no idea what God intends to do with what has harmed us in our past. We have no idea how he intends to use that. But if we give up, we will never be able to see. If Joseph had given up, lives wouldn't have been saved. But take a look at his heart. Proverbs 4:23 says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. We must guard our hearts. We must be intentional about what we let in. We must be intentional about who we let in. Joseph was solid in his relationship with God that it didn't matter what everyone else around him thought because if God was doing, God was still doing a work inside of him. So even though all these things were coming up against him, he had God behind the scenes working for him. We have to be so confident in our relationship with God and the truth of his promise that we that we don't fear trouble. We don't look for a way out, but we look for a way to draw closer to him. There is a purpose and plan for every single person in this room today. God intends something good to happen in your lives, in every single one of your lives. But if we don't have the endurance, if we don't have the mindset, if we don't have the heart, we may find ourselves giving up. Here's the thing, I don't know what every single person in this room has dealt with. I don't know your experience. I may not know your story, but God does. God knows what's going on and he doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to press in closer to him. Can I get all of you guys to stand up here with me this morning? You see, there's a scripture that I hold on to when I'm wavering in my endurance, my mindset, and my heart. When I am asking, God, what are you doing in my life right now? I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand why all these bad things are happening to me, but I still put my trust in you. And Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, That means the good, that means the bad, that means what we understand, that means what we don't understand. In all things, God works for for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. This applies to you because you have been called to a purpose. 
I would love to pray for, oh, I even love, I even love it in the Passion Translation. Sorry, I forgot one. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, for we are his children who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. In this room today, you are all children of God. He looks at you like a proud father, and it doesn't look like what your past looked like. You don't have to dwell on that anymore because he's calling you to something so much more powerful and so much more good, and he is ready for good things to happen in your life in 2023. So I would love to pray for you all here in this room tomorrow, today, because there is power in prayer and I would love to take a moment. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today, if you are struggling today, you're looking into 2023 and you're wondering if you have the heart, if you have the endurance, if you have the mindset, if you are struggling with that today, could you just raise your hand in this room? So I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Thank you. Thank you. God is doing something amazing in this room. And in 2023, he doesn't want it to look like 2022 because he's ready to do something better for you. He's ready to do something new inside of you in 2023. So even when you aren't feeling like it, know that you have a God that is standing on the other side, ready to champion you, ready to do something new in you. So let's all pray together in this room today. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, that we woke up this morning. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to live where we do, God. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that in 2023, that you would give us the endurance to push through things even when they're hard, even when we don't see a way out, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, for our mindsets, Lord Jesus, that we don't allow our mindset to become a lifestyle, but we look for guidance in you, Lord Jesus. We look for the promises of you. When our mindset is failing us, we go to your word knowing it will encourage us. God, I pray for the heart, Lord Jesus, that we would have a heart that is softened to the things that are of you, Lord Jesus, that we have the character to endure even when it is hard, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for what you are doing. God, we thank you, God, for what you did in 2022, Lord Jesus, but we praise you now for what's gonna come in 2023, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, and we ask all of this in your mighty and powerful name that we pray, amen and amen. Come on, God is good and you did great. Y'all, didn't she do great? You did great. We're so proud of you, Brittany. Come on. You know, this is, we exist as a church because it's God's design. Jesus did something incredible when he invited 12 people 12 people who thought they found where they fit in life. 12 people who thought they they were operating in their design and God called them out of what they thought it would be into a life of what could be. And from those 12 people, minus Judas, right? Later replaced. (laughs) No, even Judas played his part. But those people went into the world. They went in with God's calling on their lives and did to their very best abilities everything they could to honor God and follow Jesus' command. And then when Jesus said, my time on this earth earth is done, and he ascended back to heaven, they continued. And it wasn't just on the shoulders of the 12. They shared that. 
They raised up teachers and apostles and evangelists and missionaries, church planners. There are calls of God all around the world. Do we know that? Do we know that right now on the opposite side of the world, there are men, women, and children hearing the words of God right now? People who are wondering, God, have you set me apart for something special? And you want to know what's so beautiful about this? Is that endurance, mindset, and heart isn't just for somebody like Brittany. It isn't just for somebody who may have something going on in their life. No, it's for all of us. Because none of us can guarantee that we know it all and what God wants to do. We have no clue what 2023 holds for us, honestly. The Bible tells us who can project what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't. But what we can do is saying, Father, here is my life. Here is my soul. Here are my plans. Here are my desires. But God, here's my heart. And you do what you want. Can you imagine what could happen in our church, in our city, in the churches across this valley? If men and women, if we modeled it for our families, that what could be done in a life that is laid at the feet of Jesus. So I know you are a proud mama and papa. I'm talking to Brittany's parents right now. Y'all are proud, and I know it. And so I know that God handpicked you in your mama's womb, but I also know thank you for your faithfulness and the seeds that you planted and just raising her up to love the Lord and to love the church. It's awesome. It's awesome. I want to pray for her real quick. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much, God, for the call on Brittany's life. And Brittany, you have a heart for Joseph because I believe you're a lot like Joseph. There's a reason why he's a hero for you. And Father, you, you said what the enemy intended for evil. God, you turned it around for good and that it's because many lives were going to be saved. So Brittany, I just speak into your life that many lives are going to be saved. Many lives are going to be changed. Many men and women are going to be called in the ministry because they sat under your teaching, under the anointing of God on your life. And I thank you, Brittany, that you don't hold on to anything selfishly. With love, you extend your arms and you give it away day after day. So Father, I just pray you continue to bless the work of her hands. I thank you, Jesus, that her future is bright. I thank you for her fiance, Matthew. And I thank you, Father, that you don't just see them as individuals, but you see them as a unit, as a family. And Father, you have wonderful things planned for both individually and corporately for their lives. So Father, we just thank you for the time, God, that we had today. And we pray that each and every single one of us are gonna walk out choosing. It's our choice, family. We're choosing to have endurance. We're choosing to have heart. We're choosing to have a mindset like you, Jesus. Because even on the days I'm not feeling it, I'm gonna choose to worship you. I'm gonna choose to be in it. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. I wanna honor your mom and dad. Thank you for letting us have Brittany. What, two now, two years, three years, four years, four years? Four years, I don't even know what day it is. Four years ago when she walked onto our church property. And so I wanna say thank you. Um, thank you for raising an extraordinary young woman and uh, and her fiance, Matthew. No, we're proud of you. We're 
we're glad you're in her life. We're glad you're in our lives. And, uh, and I just love that word. Uh, Brittany ministered uh, to all of us in this room uh, today through God's word, online audience as well. What kept kind of reoccurring over my mind was I'm not feeling it, right? But, but God's going to do it. Yeah. I'm not feeling it, but God's going to do it. And, and I just, I, I, I felt two things, Brittany, I just, as you were speaking. I felt maybe this, maybe last year or the years prior, it was all about feeling. I want to feel God. I don't feel this. I want to feel that. And maybe this year for you in this room, and even online, it's going to be faith. Because faith, faith, faith and feelings, it's great when it works together, but more often than not, faith is just seeing what's coming ahead. Faith is believing. Uh, when, when this feels uh, scary, but faith is looking ahead and saying, I have the endurance, I have the mindset, I have the heart that's going to trust after God. And so do me a favor. We just bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. And if you're in this room today and you want to give your life to Jesus and you're saying, man, I want to live by faith. And maybe that faith for you today is just letting go. I love the endurance. I love the mindset. I love the heart. And I want to piggyback off what Brittany said on the heart part is giving him your heart. And let's see what God's going to do in 2023. Uh, in 2023. I know I'm Brittany's pastor, but I learned so much today, yes. and I'm encouraged today. And so if that's you, I just want every single person around this room to pray a prayer together with me. So I want you to say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross for me. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I say, be Lord of my life. I said, this year, it's going to be a faith year. This year, it's going to be a, a trust year. This year, it's going to be a year that I won't quit. I'm going to run the run. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to place my trust in you. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for Jesus. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today. Give a praise today.